Hey guys, a couple of notes about today's episode that you might notice. Because of the COVID restrictions, when we sat down with Dustin Baker from Roadmap Brewing Company, we kept our social distance. So Kenna and my voice might seem a little uh, softer than it normally does. You should be able to hear Dustin just fine. And obviously that's the most important part of our podcast is listening to him. So enjoy. Next time, hopefully we will have a little less restrictions for COVID, but enjoy. Hey, beer lovers. I'm Kenna. And I'm Chris. You ready to crack a cold one? I am. I already did. Me too. No, welcome for you guys. Thanks for coming back and sure. having me on. Really appreciate your time this morning and, uh, on this rainy Saturday, but it's a great day to get inside and drink. A week ago, we would have loved this weather, so, yeah. <laughs> you know, it's all relative. That's true. For those of you who, who are not following our timeline, we had about seven inches total of snow last week for San Antonio, Texas. That is about a 30-year event. So <laughs> every 30 years. Yeah, every 30 years. So our, uh, we literally shut down the city, and it was a challenge. The kids got to play in the snow by about the third day of no we were like, let's get back to life. <laughs> so we are going to uh, explore. Let's just explore a little bit about Roadmap Brewing Company today. Uh, Dustin, tell us, tell us how you got started. Uh, and, you know what your what your life dream was, what your background is, and how you got where you're at today. Yeah, uh, it's uh, it's a lot like many other breweries. Uh, their story of being home brewers and turning pro. Um, I was originally a middle school teacher, uh, so I have my master's in education. Um, We moved down here from Pittsburgh, I guess it's five years ago now, uh, for a teaching position. um, And unfortunately lost a little bit of faith in the system. Uh, I do miss the kids, uh, but it's a little tough to go into work every day and see what you see in from administration. Um, And at that time I was home brewing at home. so just brewing 10 gallons, five gallon batches, giving the beer out to f- pretty much anyone who would take it. Cause yeah. <laughs> kind of was one of those things where my wife was like, we can't drink this much that you're brewing. So we, uh, started doing that. And then, um, but eventually, you know, my frustration at work got a little, little bigger and, uh, started writing the business plan kind of in secret, uh, for about three months and took it to my wife and was like, I think we could do this. And then I uh, rewrote the business plan another like 12 times and then eventually took it to my dad uh, and basically said, we can do this. Um, it's yeah, it's, it's possible. Um, and so once we got my dad on board, um, we, we started looking for a location uh, and that took about 10 months actually. Uh, we looked everywhere from downtown Bernie to two doors down from where we currently are sitting. Uh, and there was a lot that went into that. We didn't uh, at the time know what our brewery was going to be called. We didn't really know, you know, the business plan was changing every location we looked at. Uh, we looked at a building uh, that was only 3,000 square feet. Uh, and now we're in a building that's 8,000. Um, so it's a very different environment than, um, than what we had expected in the beginning. Uh, so we started doing all that, and then eventually we did find a location here. 
um, and basically tore everything out of this building. Um, it was originally, I've been told, a car dealership. Uh, I know that our floors are like eight inches thick of concrete, uh, so that was a fun find. Um, <laughs> Yeah. Plan again, right? Yeah, it's not always cheap to dig up eight inches of concrete yeah. to put drains in. Uh, but yeah, so I was originally just a home brewer, uh, and in many ways, uh, still am, uh, just brewing a lot bigger batches, and uh, not giving it away, uh, or at least not as often as I used to. Uh, That's um, a great story. So when you started brewing, was it just like a you know, pilsner, a lager? What was your what was your your first? Uh, yeah, we were talking a little bit off mic earlier. Uh, so I got a homebrew kit as a wedding present. Um, okay. We registered uh, at like Bed Bath & Beyond and all that, but then on Amazon too. Uh, and anyone listening, uh, for the husbands, it's a great way to just sneak in a fun gift on Amazon. Uh, just register for it, right? Yeah, just <laughs> register for it. So uh, Hannah's uncle bought it for us, and I brewed a batch, and... Uh, then we went on our honeymoon and then came back and the batch hadn't turned bad. So <laughs> I, uh, so I bottled it and we drank it and I was like, all right. Um, so it, it quickly expanded from that. Uh, I believe that first batch was a pale ale that I had, uh, turned into a, like I added some grapefruit into it. Uh, yeah, well, I mean, that's one of those things where I know a lot of people stick to the kits. Um, I'm not necessarily a recipe follower. Uh, I mean, I am in the in the traditional sense that every beer that we brew here is repeatable. Uh, we can continue to, to brew it. Uh, but, like, when I go home and cook meals, uh, I, I look at a recipe and then I'm like, oh. Recipes or suggestions? Yeah, yeah, just a little dash of that. Yeah. that. Uh, so I quickly realized that just brewing the kits wasn't going to be as much fun for me. So I started developing my own recipes. Um, you said you're a chef. That's how I kind of look at brewers is you may not have worked, you may not have produced that dish. But if you know how the ingredients work together um, and you read about that or you've tasted that ingredient, then you can start to mix and match them to, to get the end product you're looking for. Absolutely, and there's endless possibilities when it comes to beer. You can use malt, barley, hops, like you know, three or you know, just one, and it's it's just so many possibilities uh, flavor-wise and then strength and I mean, all that jazz. So let me ask a real basic question for somebody who's never held brewed before, um, or brewed at all, I mean, even commercially brewed, but um, it, in their periods of time, depending on what, what you use, um, Yeah, definitely. Um, I think I tell people on a pretty regular basis, the biggest difference between home brewing and professional brewing is uh, when you're a home brewer, you usually brew it on a Saturday and then it sits there for like two weeks and you forget about it. And then you check on it and you're like, oh, it's done. Uh, so generally with most ales, two weeks, uh, two and a half weeks is enough time for it to ferment out. Uh, but when you're a professional brewer, um, for a lot of different reasons, financial being one of them, uh, you, you tend to babysit it a lot more. So you brew it on a Monday and you're checking on it on Tuesday and Wednesday and Thursday. Well, you can afford to lose that. Yeah. Uh, and we do jump batches every once in a while. It's not something that's a fun day at work, but uh, we have to make sure that the quality is up there. Uh, but we also do some lagers here. Uh, you have a Pilsner in front of you. Uh, I'm drinking that same Pilsner. Um, it's Yo Dog I'm Trippin'. Uh, Yo Dog I'm Trippin'. 
So that beer takes about uh, six or seven weeks uh, from for completion. Um, so lagers are going to be a lot slower. Okay. See, uh, that's really interesting because I didn't know that. I feel like I know quite a bit about beer, and I didn't know that at all. I thought it would take much shorter time than, than you're saying. Just for a pilsner, especially if it's so light, you know, you think that it would take less time than a stout or yeah, it's uh, it's a brewer's beer is what we call it, a pilsner, because uh, they seem very simple, um, but they're incredibly complex and hard to brew. Uh, so they do take time, or at least the well-done ones do. Um, and so we do pride ourselves in taking some time to do it. Yeah. Well, I did want to ask you about, we are just talking about the name that you just said, Yo Dog of German. Where do you come up with these names? Is this just- yeah, uh, I do have a pretty interesting list on my phone. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, some of them just come to me while I'm driving home. Uh, uh, one of our core beers is Minivan Dad, uh, and that is my minivan parked right there. Uh, but uh, I didn't always have a minivan, and I always thought a minivan was a very practical, hard, cool car. Uh, and so that was one of those ones that uh, was on my phone list for a long time. Um, Yo dog, I'm tripping, or just yo dog as we call it here. Um, that's one of the. It's the only beer we've ever had the label before we had the name. Um, we had a idea to do a 3D label. So the label for the can artwork, uh, you looked through 3D glasses, and my dog Wesley popped off the label. Um, and so me and my my other brewer, uh, we we got the artwork like back but there was a space for a name and we didn't know what we were going to call the dry hot pilsner yet and we both looked at it and we're like yo dog (laughs) i'm tripping uh so it was it was uh the only beer to date that we had a had a label and the beer had been brewed before uh we named it that's so funny uh just snowballing off of that are you uh, I mean, is anyone not a Matthew McConaughey fan? Um, no, yeah, so that's another one that, uh, you know, it, it it's another Pilsner. All right, all right, all right. Uh, uh, we tried to think about, you know, what really embodies that light-bodied beer that you can drink in South Texas heat, and we were like, yeah, Matthew, yeah. Now, I see, as we're talking, I see somebody walking by. Uh, yeah, so we do uh, we do sell uh, four packs to go of 16 ounce cans um, of nearly everything we produce. Uh, we do a couple small batches that we don't just simply don't have enough product to put in cans. Uh, we um, sell a lot more than we ever imagined. Part of that is COVID. Um, we uh, actually purchased a canning line at just the right time on pure accident. Can't say that it was. Uh, foreseeing the future it just was a good opportunity um, and so we got a good deal on it and thank goodness we did yeah Yeah. Was that one of your older recipes? Or? Uh, yeah, that's one of, uh, I think, six beers that we produce that were homebrew recipes. Um, that one's named after my mom. Um, 
Mama Dukes. Um, she loves IPAs. Uh, weirdly, she's recently switched to sours, but she used to only drink IPAs. Uh, and so I, I started making that beer. Um, and all my friends in high school, all my sister's friends in high school called her Mama Dukes. Um, we don't really know why, but they did. Uh, so it kind of stuck. Um, and so when we opened, uh, that was one of our core beers when we started it's only been you know in our two and a half years only been off the off the wall for maybe two days uh, and that happens sometimes because it's hard to keep up in production but uh, it is one of our mainstays it's more of a classic IPA it's going to be uh, bitter um, it's really confusing for our bartenders sometimes uh, when someone's like I don't like hoppy I'm like well what does hoppy mean to you uh, in a traditional sense hoppy means bitter but in uh, modern day beers, uh, a lot of IPAs are, are not bitter. They're very sweet and citrusy. Uh, but Mama Duke's definitely is uh, our most bitter beer that we produce. That's great to know. I, I like that explanation coming from a professional because we had a hard time kind of trying to put that into understandable words when we were talking about the difference between uh, coffee and bitter and, and how it relates to IBUs. So, that, that's great. so I also have a, a question. Um, I've noticed that a lot of your beers are kind of, I would, I would say, above average in ABV. Um, of course, you have your pilsners that are in the fours, but is that something that you do because you personally like it or because the clientele has been shown that they buy more products that are higher in ABV, or how does that... Yeah, that, I mean, the ABV question is always interesting because you're right, the clientele kind of drives that. Um, I think as a brewer, uh, our other brewer, most brewers, we'd be happy to brew something that was like 3.8% and tasted great and you could drink it all day. But the truth of the matter is, is it wouldn't sell. Uh, there's proof that one of our core beers is a 4.7% stout. Um, I think you guys are going to taste it later. Uh, and it's fantastic. It's one of our favorite beers. Uh, it's one of our slowest sellers, though, because people, th they really want that that alcohol. Um so we try to play in between, uh, you know, not too high, not too low. Um, I think there's kind of a joke that the new seven is like five. So like what, where you used to think that like 7% was like, what? It's yeah. like, well now a 5% beer, you're like, what? Why would I drink that? Yeah. Um, so. That makes sense. When I, when I personally go to a microbrewery, I'm not looking for a very generic light beer. Yeah, I think most of our beers, um, we try to keep pretty um, drinkable. Uh, I think most of our beers, I'd say across the border, between 5 and 7%. Uh, and then we do have some that, that venture higher. Uh, our, there's no Texas law, which, which drives me a little crazy because I'm from Pennsylvania, uh, that says that we can't serve a 10% beer in a pint uh there is uh there's no law based on uh, alcohol percentage now volume so i can't give you more than 24 ounces but it 20 24 ounces of a 10 percent beer is perfectly legal in texas which blows our mind um yeah uh now now our house rule is anything over nine percent we serve in a tulip glass uh yeah, um, so our house rule is that just because we're not in the type of establishment we're looking to have 
plastered people all over the place. Uh, okay, well that's interesting because I really did think that that was a law. Uh, in some states it is like a law law. Um, in other states like Texas, it's just kind of like common sense. Um, I've been places around town that'll serve you, you know, a triple IPA and a full pint glass. And I'm like, oh, cheers. But uh, um, I'd prefer if you would have given me 10 ounces of this. Yeah. And I know you had asked earlier a little bit about uh, alcohol content and how that relates to how much, how the beer's made. Uh, some of the reasons that we don't produce a ton of high alcohol beers is because our system just can't do it. Uh, so you need more sugar for the yeast to eat. So you, uh, you need more sugar. Um, and we, we extract our sugar from the grains. Uh, but our brew house, which is behind you here, uh, we can't fit more than like 900 pounds in there at a time. So it kind of maxes out. Like I think the highest percentage beer we've produced is about 11. Uh, and that was a long, very, I don't want to say not worth it, but yeah. probably, n- yeah, right probably right not here. worth it. So it's more of a logistics thing. Like it is a logistics thing. Um, our brew house was not built for that. Uh, and I don't really regret that decision because, um, like I said, we are a neighborhood establishment. We're not, yeah. we're not trying to chase those massive, those massive. You know, I don't know the, yeah, the dogfish one twenties, the you know the the massive beers, uh, and we could produce those, but we would just have to be at a much smaller volume. Um, yeah, is that the small batch series you're talking about? That- uh, yeah, so this, so that small batch, uh, you'd have to remind me. I think the barley wine is what's on right now. Um, that's a, so yeah, we do have a one barrel batch, which is a, a one barrel system, uh, which in the brewing world, a barrel is 31 gallons. I have no clue who decided 31 gallons. Um, I know that there's a brewery in Houston called 11 Below. Uh, and the reason they are 11 Below is because they're former oil people and an oil barrel is 42 gallons. So they're 11 below now, they're producing 31 gallons. Uh, But so we produce about 31 gallons of all of our small batches, um, which means they don't last very long. Um, And it's really a fun playground for me and our other brewer to to try to do some different styles, um, some different beers that we're not confident will sell, but we're confident will taste good. Yeah, absolutely. And how do you, I know that there's certain beers that you keep all the time. Like, I've always seen the all right, all right, all right, the Mama Dukes. How often do you change beers, and how frequently, like, do you come up with ideas that are on the block for next time? Yeah, so we have uh, the capability to pour 13 beers on draft at any given time. Um, About six of those, six or seven, are always the same beers, uh, which leaves us about seven beers to kind of play with. Um, we try to have a new release twice a month. Um, I won't lie that I think we're getting exhausted. Uh, in the month of March, we are having five releases. Uh, so it's a little tough to keep up sometimes with the tank space that we have. But uh, yeah, so we try to rotate in the new stuff um, and get some excitement that way. And it's fun to try something new. But uh, what we found uh, and what I find when I go to a brewery is like, yeah, maybe that new beer got me here. Um, but then I want to still be able to have my second pint be the beer that I've always had here. Yeah, yeah um, absolutely. I feel the same way. I agree. Um, and do you, do you base it off of kind of what you're feeling? Like, 
when you change the beer, or do you base it off of how well the previous beer sold? How do you make that decision? Or is it just kind of random or seasonally? Uh, some of them are some of them are seasonal um, in the sense that like I mean a 11% stout's not going to sell great in August in <laughs> South Texas. Uh, so most of our stout releases are in December, November, January, February. Uh, we are actually we just brewed last week our session IPA, which is 4.8%. Uh, it's called Electric Skateboard. It'll be out March 19th. I don't know when this is airing, but. Uh, it's fantastic and drinkable, but the, the reason we brew it in the spring is because that's when it's starting to get hotter and you need to lighter beer, but you want that flavor. Um, and, you know, if living in South Texas, if you're drinking an 8% IPA in the middle of the summer heat, you're going to be uh, falling over pretty quick. Uh, so we, we do like to try to make our beers something that you could have more than one of. So, great background. This is really, really interesting, and this is exactly what we wanted to hear from you, Dustin. Um, I know that you talked about the fact that we're in this whole revitalization area, and there's been so many, uh, or a couple of, of, of other birds that have popped up in the area. Uh, how does that work? You guys uh, drop it together and compare notes? What, what's, uh, what's that like? Yeah, it's it's. So I guess I go back a little bit. Uh, I, I talked a little bit about my dad's involved, um, and and one of the reasons that that we love this industry is because it's like no other. Uh, my dad comes from the corporate world, uh, and we always use the example that you would never see a CVS uh, executive talking to a Walgreens executive. And that being said, I had beers yesterday with the owner of uh, of Kunstler. It's like, you know, we are a great great community um and and we want to keep that the way it is uh, we're not necessarily competitors we're more collaborators uh we just had uh two saturdays ago we had a uh, cactus land brewing which is down in atkins um erica came in and they brewed with us uh for a pink boot society so it's a female uh brewers association uh collaboration uh we wanted to bring awareness to them and kind of pick their brains a little bit and they picked ours so that beer will come out soon um and it's fun to work with each other on on different projects uh and then then the other side is um i kind of have a joke and i have to be careful how i say it but it's it's more of like every home brewer is going to open a brewery um which I, i i i hope they all do um but uh we we get a lot of home brewers who come in and you know ask questions we're happy to answer them tell you anything that we know um we probably can tell you what not to do before what to do. Uh, and, and I think anyone who's currently open was one of those home brewers who came in and asked. Um, so we're all starting from that, that same position. So we, you know, we, we are perfectly confident in, in asking each other questions um, or, or looking into each other's like, hey, how'd you do that? Uh, I really loved that beer. Um, so it's it's really not a competition. Uh, I think that San Antonio in particular is a very untapped market. Uh, so there's plenty of beer drinkers in this town uh, and most of them go to all the establishments. Um, we had uh, Black Labs just opened, I guess it's a year ago now probably. Um, and they're, they're, what, less than a mile from us and Tim and then we sold them some kegs, uh, empty kegs for them to use now. I think they're still using those kegs. And 
So it's a really cool community um, that we can all get involved uh, with each other. That's wonderful. That, that's really good to hear. And it's nice to know that you've got that, that community that you can build and rely on. on you know, imagine, especially in this COVID time, it's been very important. Yeah, this uh, COVID time has been an interesting time. Uh, we'll say that. I mean, for everyone. Um, everyone listening and everyone sitting at this table. Uh, but it's it's definitely been a time where we've leaned on the community as much as we can. Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that people would love to hear, especially since this doesn't seem to be changing anytime soon, what you guys have done as far as COVID, a little bit of changing your, maybe your protocol or the way that you go about it. Yeah. Um, so I guess to answer the question of what we've done during COVID, it's everything. Uh, <laughs> It feels like that at least. Uh, so we do operate a very small staff. I actually would probably say we're the smallest staff of any brewery in San Antonio. So we have five people total that do everything, including wow. brewing, bartending, managing, running books, everything, social media. Uh, and that gives us a major advantage uh, that we are very uh, agile. We can, we can change on a dime. Um, and we did that very quickly. Last March, we were, uh, I think, the first brewery to close before like, we really were told to. Uh, at that time, um, we, we th felt it was responsible to, to close our doors for a couple weeks and, and hopefully get stuff under control. Um, so we went to a drive-through only model. Um, we've, we operated a drive-through only model for shoot, uh, maybe seven months total. Uh, and, and part of the reason we can get away with that is because we didn't have a ton of staff to pay. You know, we can, we can operate a drive through with one person. Uh, it's not ideal by any means. Uh, our margins were through the floor, uh, but, but yeah, yeah. Through that eight inch concrete. Uh, but, but we were able to do that because, because our small staff has that culture to buy into it and that's what was right to do. Um, we have since also, you know, spread out our tables. Uh, it's very different uh, when you come to this tap room now than what it used to be. Uh, when me and Hannah first opened the place three years ago or two and a half years ago, uh, you notice our tables are big. They were intended to have communal settings. Um, yeah, it, and you know what? It is still packed on Thursday nights for trivia, um, but in a very different way. Uh, yeah, I mean, just physical layout is very different. We used to have cornhole in here, um, and and I dream of the day that we can push these tables close enough together that we can bring cornhole back, but it um, it just doesn't make sense right now. Um, so, you know, we have these eight-foot-long tables that were intended for two or three couples that had never met each other uh, to sit at, and now they're six feet apart, and you're hoping that, maybe someone feels comfortable but it's just interesting so like the space we're sitting in right now is our expansion uh that's helped us out a lot uh to be able to keep the same amount of people but spread them out uh properly but uh yeah i mean COVID has just been an interesting world um it definitely led us into uh packaged beer a little quicker than we wanted to go uh we still have no desire or no dreams uh actually i'll say adamantly hate the idea of uh going into a grocery store or anything like that. We still want to sell 100% of our beer through this building. Um, but we didn't imagine how much of the beer would be in cans. Uh, and there is a can shortage in the world right now, so. Well, it's good to hear that you guys made it through. 
Yeah, I yeah, I mean, we're still doing good and we're staying strong. Um, I like the optimism that we've made it through, yeah. but uh, uh, yeah, I think the journey's still ahead of us. But uh, but I'm confident that that our team here will handle it fine, and we'll 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 figure out whatever the next curveball uh, that everything throws at us, whether it's a yeah, I don't know. If we just had a snowstorm, so maybe there'll be some sort of sandstorm in like six months. I don't know. I've just learned to just stay on my toes. Yeah, well, it's good you're agile, and it's good you've got a staff that really supports you like family, so that's... that's yeah, I think that's my... Uh, I get asked a lot of questions about, like, what we did right, uh, and I think our team's number one. Um, I'm really proud of the fact in an industry that has incredible turnover. We've uh, had zero turnover yeah, since we opened. Yeah, Chris is a, he's our taproom manager now, but he was the only employee when we started. So it was me, my wife, and him doing everything. Uh, so we've expanded, you know, we've got, got three other people now. That's great. And you've got, you sound like you picked the right one. Yeah. Yeah, uh, and congratulations on your, your health score of 100. That, uh, yeah. Thank you. Um, I know you mentioned the, the cornhole and, uh, and, and not the food truck. I see food trucks out here all the time. So how does that work? Yeah, we used to, uh, in the in the before times, as we refer to it, uh, we used to have rotating food trucks every day uh, that we were open, Thursday, Wednesday through Sunday, basically. Uh, we have now... Um, Kind of because we were forced to um, by the state, we have a permanent food truck. Uh, it's Project Pollo. It was a fantastic partnership. Um, it works great for us uh, to help us uh, stay open uh, legally right now. Um, but uh, we are also, we have a working relationship with them that if we need other food trucks or we have an event or we want other food trucks, they perfectly understand to have food trucks. Uh, we still allow people to bring their own food um, or order food in, um, which is, which is something that I think just makes sense. Um, you know, when we first started talking about opening roadmap, one of the first questions that a lot of people asked was like, are you going to have food? Uh, and the frank question, the frank answer is no, adamantly no. Um, we, we, we don't have uh, experience in running a restaurant. Uh, we don't have the passion for running a restaurant. And uh, frankly, if you're running a restaurant in a brewery, uh, you're running two businesses at the same time. And we've found running one is pretty damn hard. So so we're, uh, we're going to stick to what we at least, I'm not going to say what we know, but like what we're passionate about, which is beer. So it's been fantastic to have Lucas uh, and Project Pollo come in and kind of save the day, allow us to open our doors. Uh, and then also simultaneously, uh, we were their first location, and that was six months ago, and now they have, like, six locations. Uh, so it's a vegan fried chicken. Um, yeah, it's vegan fried chicken. Uh, I can't speak on what that means, but I tell you it tastes good. Uh, yeah. So it's been it's been really cool to see how they grow as we grow. Um, they bring some new new customers towards us that never heard of us and vice versa. So That's really great, and that goes back to the Yeah, I mean we're we're not in this alone. Um, even if even if we didn't have a food truck there, uh, you know we still felt that it was it was important that we we help out the community any way we can. That's true. That's true. So what are your hours now? I heard you mention that. Just cover that for us. Yeah, so we're open. Um, 
I'm trying to think of the best way to say it. So we're open on Mondays uh, from 4 to 10, and then we're closed on Tuesdays. That's the only day we're closed currently. Uh, we're looking into maybe adding that, but we just need more staff. Uh, and then Wednesday through Friday, it's 4 to 10. And then on Saturday and Sunday on the weekends, which are our uh, busiest days, obviously, are it's noon to 10. Yeah, we do still do trivia on four. Or I mean, on uh, Thursdays uh, at seven o'clock, seven seven thirty. Sorry, um, seven thirty on Thursdays. Table, so yeah, it's uh, it's it's a little different because, like I said, um, you know, we have everything spread out a little more, um, and it's all digital now. So you 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 answer on a tablet or on your phone, uh, and then the scorekeeping. I know, Kenna, you used to be a scorekeeper. It's a lot easier. It is still Geeks Who Drink, um, and we still get a pretty good turnout, and you know it's still just as fun, uh, but it goes a little quicker because you're not having to get up and turn in a piece of paper. I should have yeah, yeah. It does. It is a lot easier now for the quiz masters, uh, and it's nice. Uh, since you were our quiz master a long time ago, we also upgraded our sound system, so now it works through our sound system, so it's not it's not blaring loud and. You know, we, we tried to make the experience a little more fun, um, <laughs> if for no other reason, because I like to play trivia. Yeah, uh, so. I, love, yeah, I do. And, I mean, of course, when COVID happened, that was what kind of pushed away stops. And I, I was having a new job that was really demanding at the time, and so I was kind of on the edge of making the decision, and COVID kind of helped me. Kind of yeah. Helped me but nothing but good things to say about Geeks Drink. They're a great company. Yeah, oh, yeah. They're, so they've been a great company, and they've helped us out, and... Uh, and, and Thursdays are still one of our uh, more fun nights. Um, they're definitely dipped off if you looked at sales reports, but yeah. that doesn't mean that, that it's any less fun. Yeah, of course, of course. So one of the things that I don't think we covered at all was where did the name come from? Oh, yeah, the, the fun question of where did the name come from. Um, so, so I'll start off by saying that uh, naming a brewery sounds like the fun part. Um, it's not. Uh, a simple Google search, a simple trademark search will show you that nearly everything is taken. Uh, you name two words, something close is probably there. So we went back and forth. Uh, we actually, I think, still have the URL for Steel and Timber Brewing Company, which I think is a great name. So if anyone listening is looking to buy that from us. Uh, but that location was for a, uh, we had that name already reserved for a location out in Bernie, uh, which now there is a brewery there. Uh, Tusculum uh, Brewing Company took over that building. It just didn't work out for us. Uh, and so we went back and forth with names. Um, and I would, I would caution anyone looking to open a brewery to get tied too close to one name. Uh, and then I got off the phone with an architect uh, during my planning period when I was still teaching and writing the business plan. And I kind of had this moment where I was like, I don't know what the hell I'm doing. I wish there was a roadmap to opening a brewery. And sure enough, quick Google search, there's not a roadmap to opening a brewery, but there's also not a roadmap brewing. <laughs> uh, so quickly uh, we were like, you know what? That's it. That's it. You know? Um, and then quickly after that came our tagline of all roads lead to beer, uh, which is a very true tagline i mean no matter where you go you're like yeah i can have a beer so that's where the name came from i wish there was some big backstory but it's really that we we tried we tried a lot of other things and then i mean we felt the same kind of pain even trying to name our podcast yeah what do we name it there's so many podcasts 
Yeah, and then you have the important question of like, well, are the social handles open? You know, can yes. you get Instagram, Facebook, Twitter? Uh, I think we have Snapchat. I don't know if I've ever actually used it. But, you know, those, those questions that sound real simple, uh, you know, the website, it's like, do we want to be a dot? something 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 or do we want to be dot com well while we're talking about it what are your uh, social media handles we'll put them in the bio yeah below. yeah so that's one of the other big reasons we chose roadmap brewing is because it's super simple it's easy to remember it's roadmap brewing at roadmap brewing across all the panels you know across everything so it's super easy for us to to post and to tell people to go to our socials or our website it's just roadmapbrewing.com Yeah, the private events question is a great question. Um, so that space that we're sitting in that we just opened about three weeks ago um, was always intended to be a private event space. Uh, there will eventually be a 10-foot by 10-foot barn door that makes it a little more private when it needs to be or whatever the, the person renting the space wants. Uh, but yes, we do do it is the short answer. Um, it's a little bit weird right now with yeah. everything going on. Uh, but... We, uh, we've hosted lots of different events from corporate events to baby showers. Uh, we have not hosted a wedding yet. I really want to. I heard we have one maybe reserved. Heard we have one in October that's like on the hook. So I'm pretty excited about that. As, as someone who's married myself, I'm like, dang, I really missed my chance. Yeah. Yeah. We've done, we've done tours. Um, we don't really do what I would call private tours uh, or like public tours because our, our place is so open. Um, it's one of the things that I love about it is that our equipment's on display. Uh, and so we always say, I'm happy to give you a tour left to right. Uh, so any of our bartenders, any of our staff is, is educated in what everything is so they can just point. Um, it's not like we have to go to another room or anything. Um, but yeah, private events, that's what this space we're sitting in will eventually be used for. Uh, we can have uh, 40 to 50 people in here. It's not finished out yet, but uh, it will be in the next couple of weeks. And this will be called the map room. So. Yes, this will be the quote-unquote map room. Um, so we will have it decorated out uh, and usable uh, projector screens and everything for if you have a corporate or if you have a wedding rehearsal or you want some sort of display. Um, and then... Uh, as you can tell, we turn the speaker off over here. You can control the music over here versus over there. Um, so. That's great. Um, so I know that you touched on to go beer earlier just a little bit. Do you guys sell growlers or any other ideas to get four packs? Yeah, so uh, that's actually a question we get a lot on social media. I need to really change so that we have an auto response to that. Um, so growlers are, are something that are fantastic, but it's not something that we currently do. Uh, and for one major reason, and that is quality. Uh, so a growler is 64 ounces uh, that once it's opened, it needs to be finished. Uh, but we do sell four packs, which are also 64 ounces. Um, so you can open a can and you don't have to drink the other three. Uh, and those cans were packaged on a professional canning line. So they're going to last a lot longer. Um, so as a brewer, one of the biggest things is that I hate when my product leaves the building. I no longer have control of it. So I'm like, oh, I just hope that no one goes home and that beer sits in their fridge for two weeks and then they remember it. So uh, we get a lot of questions about growlers. Um, there's a bit of a misconception that pouring beer off the tap uh, is fresher beer. Um, 
I will, and every other brewer will adamantly tell you that's false. Uh, the beer that's in our kegs that we're pouring on tap is the exact same batch of beer that is in cans. Uh, the major difference is that the cans were packaged professionally, whereas if you just have a bartender pouring it into a glass jug, uh, there's a lot of oxygen and, and possibly a dirty jug that you're filling with beer. So, so that is a good. So the can is the better option. We price our four packs to be actually cheaper than most growlers across town uh, because of the volume we do. We're we're a little flexible on that ability. So our, most of our four packs are $16, uh, which is probably well below what you would pay for a growler fill anywhere else yeah, anyways. Absolutely. Well, thank you. That was a lot of really great information. And uh, like we said before, this is solely to bring business to you guys. So having all of that information out there, somebody can listen to this and they don't have to Google search all these answers. They just have it right yeah. here to listen to. You know, the activities that you guys offer, the food trucks, types of beer, Awesome. And a great staff who knows the products and knows the brewery and has been around a long time, so that's terrific. Yeah. Justin, thank you so much. No, thank you for having me on. Absolutely. Take care of yourself. Yeah, you too. So we're going to try the beers now that Dustin poured for us in the beginning of the podcast. We chose three out of the, I want to say, 13 or 14 that they offer right now on draft. Uh, the one that we mentioned earlier, this is the one called Yo Dog, I'm Trippin'. It's a dry hopped Pilsner, and it's 5.2%. And then just read the description. It says this crisp and refreshing pills was dry hopped with, ooh, what's that word? Motuka. Motuka and lemon drop hops for a beautiful aroma. And uh, that 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 sounds real interesting. The lemon drop. Oh I'm yeah, anxious absolutely. to see that. A lot of people put citrus in their beer, so this works. All right, let's give it a try. Price point on this six dollars for sixteen ounces, four dollars for ten ounces. Oh my gosh. Your eyes just went crazy. I'm tripping. You're tripping. <laughs> just, it's really good. Mmm. And it's it's a it says dry hopped pilsner, but it's not like dry like a wine would but be. But it's dry. not it's sweet. Really good. Yeah. It's not sweet. It's very light. Easy to drink. I drink it on the beach. <laughs> <laughs> My go-to. Hashtag drink it on the beach. Right. Yo dog, I'm tripping. Alright, let's try the next one. Okay, the next one he poured for us is Hashtag beer. It's an amber American ale. ABV is 5.8. Brewed with Centennial hops. It is light-bodied and surprisingly complex malt flavors. This one you can get in a to-go. $18 for four uh, of the, the cans. And again, that's larger, the same size as a growler, but you don't have to drink them all because it is a little heavy on the alcohol. But let's try it. Beautiful color. It's nice and malty looking. It is nice and malty, real caramel color, but o- but not opaque. You can see through it. It has a nice toast to it. Yes, it does. Look at the head difference between the lager that you had. I'm sorry, the pilsner that you had and this American amber. Yeah, the it's got pilsner. a little bit more hoppiness to it, but it's not heavy. It's not. It has the more hops, but it's not bitter. It's not bitter. Yeah. It's really good. Very good. All right, number three is called Craven Cottage. This is an English pub ale. I was really excited to try this one because that's kind of a funky style. You know, you don't see that very often. I haven't seen it very much. Yeah, it's a 6.1%. This traditional English pub ale is a beer that'll transport you across the pond. Distinct biscuit and toffee flavors bring this classic style to the modern times. This sounds really good. That sounds amazing. Because I like toffee and I like biscuits. Let's give it a try. Okay, go for it. 
Werther's original. Really? <laughs> it tastes like the coffee Werther's. Oh. It's really good. It, but it's not sweet. It just has that like underlying. I'm gonna take another sip. Toast flavor. Yeah, you can definitely taste the toasty part of it. So this is actually pretty similar to the hashtag beer that we just tasted, the amber, uh-huh. but it's just a slightly darker brew. It is. You can tell. Look at the difference in yeah, the color. Yeah. It's really really good it's very good i mean obviously all the beers that they have here are gonna be good yeah but they haven't had a bad one (laughs) and we actually went out on a limb again this time with our style Uh, we're kind of pushing our palate we had them give us a uh, their nitro coffee milk stout for our taste and it's called wake up call uh 4.7 percent our friends at shotgun house roasters hooked us up with some amazing coffee that we use to brew this low abv milk stout thick creamy cold brew coffee and just uh, so you guys know, most uh, coffee or milk stouts are going to have dairy, so they're not vegan like other beers would be, just as a side note. Okay. It's really dark. It looks like Coca-Cola. It's very dark. It's almost black. Right. Okay. Oh, man. Did you smell it? It smells like Kahlua. Let me smell it. Oh, <gasps> shit. <laughs> oh, that smells like <laughs> spilled it all over the microphone. I know. You can definitely tell there's coffee in it. Really? It's actually pretty good. I wasn't expecting that much coffee flavor. Oh, it almost tastes like straight up coffee. It's like a cold, a cold coffee. That's pretty good. <laughs> you know what? This would be good over ice cream. <laughs> or just ice, over yeah. ice in general. That's really good. That's pretty good. Mm, very different. Not something yeah. I would have gone for first, but yeah. now after tasting it, I definitely will. A couple of the other ones that we've had before when we visited, it, that, that we really liked, and I just thought I'd touch on them real quick. I know that Dustin mentioned, all right, all right, all right. That's at Pilsner, 4.5. A cream, cream, a clean, <laughs> three drinks of beer. <laughs> I can't you pronounce my so words. A crisp, clean, and approachable lager that will keep you coming back again and again. That one was really good. Uh, the what the F, or what the hef. That's a Hefeweizen 5.2. Had this one before. That's usually kind of my go-to beer when I'm out of a Hefeweizen. Mm -hmm. Uh, A light German-style wheat beer. This hazy beer has a subtle banana and clove aroma with a light finish. Uh, I will just tell you the ones that are available. Well, you know what? All of them are available with the exception of three uh, that are normally on their board or that are on their board today. They're all available in to-go. Uh, with the exception of three. I just want to thank Dustin again. That was uh, great information that he gave us and love this brewery. We'll definitely be back, especially to play trivia because we like trivia. And uh, yeah, come check them out. They're over here at uh, South Alamo and by North St. Mary's. Mm -hmm. South Uh, Alamo and 8th, just north of downtown San Antonio, uh, right down from the Alamo. So if you're in town, come by have a pint or two say hi to dustin and chris and chris also too guys if you're having a special event coming up don't forget they've got this brand new space that they're promoting it's not quite finished out yet but i'm sure dustin can give you an idea of when it will be Uh, but great space actually overlooks the street nice big plate glass windows a nice big uh, tall ceiling so very industrial looking super cool so if you've got an event that you need to plan i'm sure they'll do a great job in in hooking you all right well in the meantime uh follow us on social media on instagram at crack a cold one 2020 facebook crack a cold one colon a south texas podcast and subscribe to our podcast on apple Podcasts. you ready to go drink some beer yep let's keep drinking